Welcome to the gathering at Adel Sermon of the Week. This message is by Pastor Jeff Hopkins. As you listen, we pray that you will be encouraged, empowered, and enriched. Thank you. God bless. running on empty today and maybe you've even said the phrase the phrase that I heard that he was speaking over me was maybe you've even said I don't know how much more I can take I don't know how much further I can go but I'm running on empty right now if that's you we're just going to pray for you if, you, if it's not you, but you know somebody, maybe the Lord's revealed somebody to you, whether in this room or outside of this room, let's begin to pray for that person also. Father, we just begin to pray right now for those that, that feel like they're running on empty, where they feel like they just don't know how much further they can go. Father, I pray that according to this song, it says that, that your love is a wellspring that will never run dry. Jesus said, drink from me, drink from my well, and you will never thirst again. So, Father, we pray that where where there are feelings and thoughts of empty and running on empty, Father, we replace those right now with the thoughts. Just like in, in the scripture, Psalm 23, that says, my cup overflows. Father, we pray that where it was previously dry, that it would be overflowing today. Father, where where there was weariness, Father, we pray for abundance of life and of joy right now in the name of Jesus. We cancel every assignment that the enemy would have to steal, kill, and destroy over your people, and we pronounce life, healing, and restoration over them right now. Father, we say and we prophesy right now that the plans of the enemy will not come to fruition. It says that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. So, Father, we pray over the people that feel like they're running on empty, running dry, and they're weary, and they're tired. And, Father, we just pray for restoration right now. There was another vision that from the time in prayer where it just maybe, maybe that, that running on empty doesn't ministers you but maybe maybe it's like you feel trapped the Lord is saying that right now today if you'll just reach out your hand he says he's there to pull you out it says that he he pulls us out and he places our feet firmly on the rock that cannot be shaken that cannot be moved that's you right now just simply say father i give you my hand i'm gonna quit trying to pull myself out of this pit i humbly come before you and i just extend my arm to you and i say take my hand father we just pray right now that as they reach up their hand whether in the physical or just in their minds right now father that you reach down and you pull them out of that pit of weariness, that pit of addiction, that pit of sin, that pit of just 
a cycle of brokenness, Father. We just pray right now that they're pulled out of that pit and they're set firmly on you. In Jesus' name. Anybody feel like they have a word from the Lord, not, not necessarily something you saw on Facebook or somebody else said, but like, do you genuinely feel like you have a word from the Lord for the people today? We want to make sure that we're stewarding that and honoring those. If you do, please raise your hand and come and let's give it. If not, we'll move on. I just want to be able to steward that. Okay. Today is Mother's Day. Uh, You'll probably knew that if you didn't know that. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Sorry to break the news to you. You probably (laughs) might need to leave and go make a couple of phone calls, right? Uh, One of the things that that we do for Mother's Day around here, and we partner with Grace House Ministries, and they do this with a lot of the churches in the area. They were able to raise... Uh, $52,000 last year by this, but it's called the Baby Bottle Campaign. I think this year maybe it's called Baby Bottle Boomerang. Hopefully to put in the idea that you have to come back to where it came. And so uh, what, what it is, it's simple. It's from Mother's Day through Father's Day. You're able to take baby bottles. We have them in the foyer out there. You fill it up with change. Dollar bills, checks, whatever you want to do, do that. You might be thinking to yourself, how did Jeff fill one up so quickly? Well, the tag on here actually says 2022. So ratting myself out. This is from last year, but all right. Inflation, it doesn't count as much this year, but the Lord will still use it, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, so that's been sitting on my desk for almost a year now. I completely forgot about it, but uh, (laughs) that's just what happens sometimes. You know, Mother's Day, what we want to do, and uh, Amy doesn't know this, so Amy, why don't you come on up? Here's what, here's what I want to do. She's like, okay. Hey, if, if all the ladies in the house, we just want to pray over you. And so mom, not mom, physical, spiritual, adopted, it doesn't matter. We want to pray over you. And then we want Amy, who's one of the mothers in the house here, to well, it has most of the kids in the house, actually, you know, <laughs> but uh, we want her to be able to just pray a blessing. So if you are around your mom or a lady, please surround them and let's pray for them. Like get, you might have to get up and don't in a non weird way, touch them. If ask them if it's okay, can I lay my hands on you? You know, something like that. And then Amy's going to pray over the moms. Okay. This is such a sweet honor to get to pray over y'all. Y'all are so valuable. Whether you're a physical mom, a spiritual mom, or even if you don't consider yourself that, every word you speak into the life of a younger person in this generation matters. So, Yahweh, we love you. We just pray a blessing over the moms today that they encounter your presence in a way like never before, like the song of You're the Wellspring. Because it's easy to run out as a mom. But I just saw this picture of just the water comes from the ground. And as you're standing there, it starts to flow through your feet, through your body. And that you're filled. And that you have more to pour out. So we pray that over them right now. That in those moments of emptiness. In those moments that they feel like they don't have anything left. That they remember that you 
are pouring out inside of them that they continue to pour out. So we pray over them for their hearts, the ones that are longing for moms that are gone, the ones who are longing for motherhood. We pray over them this morning that they feel your peace and your love like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. some point after I, I went to bed, the, the kids had put up note cards that they had written uh, in our bathroom for my wife. Uh, you know, all the things, you're beautiful, you're smart, you're pretty, we love you, thank you, all that. Well, I'm the first one up in the house. So, like, I walk into the bathroom, I'm like, that's pretty cool. And then, like, I see, like, one of the cards says, Happy Mother's Day. I'm like, dang it, all right. I'm still claiming that I'm pretty and I'm smart, but... Uh, even if the world doesn't see that, that's all right. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, man, that's really cool. They had them all over the bathroom on the mirror and all that. So it was a fun time. You know, moms have a, have a responsibility that, man, it is such a great responsibility. And uh, there's a weight that's on you ladies that men will never really understand. We, we think that we do because we have to go... And we have our own responsibilities, and we feel like that weight and that pressure is overwhelming at times. But the responsibilities that moms have, the Lord has placed you guys in a place of honor. Yes. And uh, it's, it's wonderful when you see moms operating in that place and where it comes from an abundance and not lack, where it comes, where it's free-flowing and not just ran dry. And so... If I can encourage you, please have conversations with your spouses that say, hey, I need a little bit of time. Just take the kids. I need time to get refilled. I, need, I just need to be alone for a minute. And husbands, when they say that, drop everything and do it. It's not a moment of weakness where it's like, uh, you can't do this. I got to go to work every day and then come home. And then that's the best way to honor your your wife, and when your kids are going to see that, that that's a way to, to honor a spouse and a mom. And so uh, try to do that. There's a, a story, and if you've heard it before, I apologize, but there's a story of Thomas Edison when he was nine years old. He uh, was at, at a school, and he heard the teachers talking about him. And it was essentially to the effect that he's no good, He's never going to learn. It was a teacher and the headmaster talking. He, he's no good. He's never going to learn. He, it takes too much time. And they use the word addled is what they called him. He didn't know what that meant. He goes home and asks his mom, like, Mom, what does this word mean, addled? And she said, where did you hear that word? And he said, a teacher was saying it about me. He's nine years old. The mom goes to the school. I mean, can you imagine that conversation? Nowadays, it'd just be she went straight to social media. But hey, back then, you went straight to the person. Thank the Lord. That's how it happened. Should still happen. She goes to the school, lets them have everything that she has to say. She pulls her son out of school. And from that moment on, she homeschooled him. He became one of the greatest inventors of, a, of all time because his mom spoke words over him, took time out, and they interviewed him many years later after his mom had passed, and they said, what, 
what led you to, to invent and to do all of these things? And he said, I heard the words that my mom spoke over me. And I made a promise that from that day forward, I was going to honor her with everything that I said and I did. And I was going to live a life that was worthy of what she gave up so that she could stay home and teach me. Moms, you have a great responsibility. Do not take it lightly. That being said, guys, we will have, this is an announcement, we have a steak night, June 16th. All right, so moms have that. Guys have steak night, June 16th, 6.30. Be there. That'll be fun. Third and last announcement is baptisms. I told you guys we're going to be doing baptisms coming up May the 28th. It's in a couple of weeks we're going to do baptisms. We have a couple that already want to be baptized. If you want to be baptized, please come talk to one of the staff members. We just want to make sure that we get you there and we can have any conversations if you feel like you need that. If your kids have been talking to you about it and they're like, hey, we're feeling this, we're thinking this, and you're like, man, I have no clue what that's about. Have them come sit down with us. Let's have a conversation what that looks like. So May 28th, during service, we're going to be having baptisms. All right. Here we go. Y'all ready? Man, what a good day. What a good day it is. We're, today, we're, last week, we kind of went over what, what we call our mission statement. And our mission statement is, we exist to display and declare the glory of God. Everything that we do, is to, we exist to display and declare the glory of God. That's our mission statement. Our, our vision for, for this church, for this time, this season, and it matches the Brock Campus vision. We're, we're unified in this, and it, it's four simple statements. When you say it all together, it might not be as simple, but it is four simple statements. It says, seeking his face, hosting his presence, stewarding his kingdom, and experiencing his revival. Hosting his face. Seeking his face, hosting his presence, stewarding his kingdom, experiencing his revival. That, that's the vision. The, the mission statement is we exist to display and declare the glory of God. That, that's why we're here. Like that's the purpose of this church. The vision statement says this is how we're going to accomplish that mission statement. And you've probably noticed by now we're not like any other church. We're, we're not this you're just not going to find, find here what you can find at other churches. And that may be good. That may be bad. That might be why some people aren't here with us anymore. And that's okay. Like we're not trying to be anybody else. We, we are very laser focused on our mission and our vision. We exist to display and declare the glory of God. We do that by seeking his face, hosting his presence, stewarding his kingdom and experiencing his revival. It's hard when it's your pressure and you've said it nine times. It's harder at that point. Everything that we do is to fulfill that vision so that we can fulfill our mission that we feel like the Lord has called us to. So we, we, don't, have, we don't have all the things that all the churches have. You, you can go to any other church and that you can be, your, your schedule can be full of all really good things. And that's not bad. The Lord's just not called us to that. But the day that he does, we'll do it. We're doing exactly what we feel like we are supposed to do. Nothing more nothing less. And so we're, we're taking this time to define who we are and what we're about so that you guys can catch the vision and go, man, I could get behind that. Or you can say, hey, that sounds great, but that's not for me. 
and you can move on to a church that meets your needs, that has things for your family, that you feel like, man, I can plug into that and I can get behind that. That's what we're after. We want people that, that the Lord has called here that go, man, that vision, that mission, that's what we're about. We've been looking for that. And I know you don't have kids and you don't have youth. You don't have all that things. And they got to sit in service with us half the time and they bother me. I get it. We're there. We have more kids than all of y'all combined, me and my wife do. Like, we get it. But everything that we do is for a purpose. And even talking about that, uh, you know, we have kids the second and fourth Sunday for elementary uh, so that they have service today. The next time will be May 28th. But we're actually kind of making one quick audible on that is we're going to have the kids, the the elementary, uh, the younger ones, they'll be back there. But the elementary, first through sixth grade, they'll be with us during worship. And then we'll dismiss after worship. Uh, Just one quick change on that because what we really feel like is that the worship experience here is different than over there because we just don't have there what we have in here. And so we don't want to feel like take away from that worship experience. And so they'll be with us uh, every Sunday and then the second and fourth after worship, they'll split off and go over there and uh, have a great time of teaching and fellowship and uh, a way to build relationships. But everything that we do, you, you might look at like the, some of the events that we do and you're like, why are they doing that? For the only reason so that we can exist to display and declare the glory of God. So that we can seek his face, host his presence, steward his kingdom, and experience his revival. You can say, every month we're going to do a family lunch? Yes. Because if we can't enjoy the people in this room, if we can't love the people in this room, then when we walk outside of these four walls, we will not be able to love those people out there. We have to come together in fellowship receive the love of the Father, receive the love of our brothers and sisters in Christ, get filled up so that we can go out there and do the same thing. You can say, man, why don't they do this? Oh, all right, man, this is a really good event that another church does. I'm sure it is. But we're not going to create events and programs just so that we can say that we've done it all. And it might take us a little bit longer to get there. But I'm telling you, when the Lord says, Jeff, I want you to do this, we're going to do it. And so I want you to hear us. That, that's why some of the things that we do, you might not get some of the things. You, don't, you would hope that we would do a little bit more things. We'll do them whenever the Lord says to. And, and that might actually honestly come from you. You might say, hey, I really feel like that we're lacking in this area. Can we, is this, this is something that I'm passionate about. I would love to lead it. Man, we're, we're going to pray over it. We're going to ask the Lord for it. And then if it's for, for, for this season, for this time, we're going to do it. And we're going to allow you to do that. So if you feel like you have something, if you look around and you see like we're lacking in an area, please pray about it. See what the Lord has, and we'd love to hear it. But today, today in the vision, it's seeking his face. There's a reason that, that it's the first statement in our vision statement, because this is the most crucial part of the vision. We, we can do all of the things if we're not seeking his face then we're just playing the game of religion. If we put on all the programs, we do VBS, we do baptisms, and we do kids camps, summer camps, we do Wednesday night kids, we do all of the things, but yet we're not seeking his face, then we're no better than the Pharisees. We're just a bunch of religious hypocrites who say, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this, and yet Monday morning we're not doing it either. 
We show up on Sunday, on Mother's Day. We look nice. We smell nice. But yet we walk out of here. And Monday morning, we do not seek his face. Monday afternoon, we do not seek his face. Monday night, we do not seek his face. And we don't seek his face until Sunday morning again. And we show up and we're on fire for Jesus. That, that's playing the game of religion. And man, the Lord hates religion. He called it lukewarm. And he says, I will chew you up and spew you out of my mouth. I would rather you be hot or cold than lukewarm. And we're saying, I don't want you to be cold. I don't want you to be lukewarm. I want you to be passionately pursuing him. I want you to seek his face with all that you have. Because that is the most important thing in this life. Who, the other stuff doesn't, doesn't even compare. We, we cannot seek a church, a worship experience, a pastor, a podcast. We can't seek all of those things before we seek him. You, you can seek the best pastor. And like, man, I, man, when he speaks, it's so good. Obviously, he's talking about somebody else. When he, I follow that guy, and man, when he speaks, it's so good. He's just a man. He's going to fall, and when he falls, your whole world crumbles. Man, you're like, oh, I'm going to find the best children's thing. And you go, and they've got all the things. And Man, we've been to the bigger churches. They have playgrounds, and they've got all the things. And man, that is great for them. You can seek all of those things. I'm going to find a place that, that takes care of every need for my kids. And as soon as they take something away, your world crumbles. You, you, you can seek a worship experience. Where, where it's the lights and they move to the music and there's fog and it's this, this experience. And it's like, man, it gets my emotions going and man, I just feel it there. And you can walk out of there and the first guy cuts you off and you're screaming mad at him. You can seek all of those things. They will all fall and they will all crumble. If you seek first him, and the kingdom of God, then everything else will be added to you. You know, last week we, we talked about sharing the gospel, right? We exist to display and declare the, the glory of God. And I, and I challenge you guys, man, share the gospel with somebody. And what, what a glorious opportunity it was for me on Friday to be able to share the gospel with this man from Honduras to talk about the beauty of his country, of one that, that I, I've been there. I know several of you guys have been there. But, but for, for us to be able to cross paths in such the randomness way, that you're like, okay, Lord, <laughs> it's Friday. And I, have, I haven't shared the gospel. And I challenged everybody else to share it with somebody. He brings somebody from Honduras, and I can share the beauty of the country with them. We can talk about how, how we've seen the Lord move in such a place. And then we get to talk about the beauty of not, not just his country, but the beauty of the Lord and his faithfulness. And you share the gospel with him. It wasn't a moment where he's like, man, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm giving it all up and I'm serving the Lord. But it was a moment, though, where I planted a seed of the gospel. You know, like, like, like these aren't just words that I'm saying. This isn't just something that I'm like, hey, I need you guys to do this in order to, to make myself feel better. No, I, I'm telling you this because this is what the Lord is calling us to. You know, to Tony was sharing with me this morning of, of sharing the gospel and two people gave their life to Christ.
right? That's what it's about. Coming here, looking good, smelling good, acting right, drinking coffee, getting rid of the kids for a couple hours. That, that's not what this is about. It's to come here to get relit on fire if you've gone out this week, to get refilled up if you ran dry, and to a man, I'm going to seek his face. David, of all the things he achieved, he said, the one thing I ask for, the one thing that I seek is to dwell in the house of the Lord, to gaze upon his beauty all the days of my life, to seek his face has got to be the ultimate priority in our lives. We have to seek his face. That means making a conscious effort to be near to him. Have you ever, have you ever misread, misinterpreted a text or a Facebook post? <laughs> yeah, nobody here, just me. <laughs> have you ever done that and, and you're like, you know, you see it on Facebook and you're like, all right, that's about me. That's cool. i like, I know, I know that's about me. You didn't use my name. And, and, and so you, you start, you misinterpret it. You begin to, you, know, you, you have that argument after you misinterpret, you begin to have that argument with them, but it's only with you. You know, like you're having both sides of the argument. Oh, yeah, well, how about this? Okay, well, then you say that. Well, I'm going to say that. You know, like we have that argument with ourselves, with that person. And by the end of it, man, we are a fit of rage. We're a mess. And it's like, at some point you have to go, wait a minute. None of that happened. What, what am I doing here? What, what's happened is when we have failed to seek his face, we have allowed the misinterpretations that the world has of God, and we have accepted them. When you're face-to-face -face with somebody, like me and Bucky can have a conversation, and I might not enjoy the conversation. I do, but we, I might not enjoy it. Like he might be telling me something really difficult. Or, but if I see him face-to-face, -face, I can see his face. I can hear the tone of his voice. I can see the love that he has for me. But if it's just through a text and Bucky's like, hey, man, when you spoke that word, that was really hurtful and this and that. And I can, I can, I can go, man, Bucky thinks I'm just worthless. Like, look. What we've done is when we have failed to seek his face, we've allowed the world to interpret who God is. And we've taken that and we've had the argument with God and it's never even happened. God's like, I never even said that. But we have done that because we have failed to seek his face. When you come face to face with somebody, isn't it always better? Right? It's like sometimes, it's, or even like if it's a text, sometimes I'm like, hey, can I just call you? And they're like, okay. Because, you know, nowadays people hate that. Can I just call you on my phone if that's what it's used for, you know? Like, can I, and then, then you talk with them on the phone and it's like, oh, okay. Man, we're good. But it's even better when you get face to face with them. Because, like, God is, God is holy. But, but if you only hear from what the world says about what that means for a holy God, then you'll forget that he's full of love, though. If it's like, man, God is just, and he is. If it's not face to face, then you'll forget that he's full of mercy. You read the words, and you're like, man, that's pretty harsh, Lord. Like, that doesn't seem very kind and loving of you. 
But then when you seek his face and you get rid of the misinterpretation and you get the right perspective, then you go, man, Lord, I love you. Man, forgive me for, for thinking this way about you. Because when I read that, I, I kind of took that to mean this certain way. And it seemed really harsh. But now that I see you, I see that you're full of love. It doesn't change the words. It doesn't change the standard that he has for us. But when we're face to face, it gets rid of the misinterpretations. Instead of relying on others' thoughts, we want to be a people that know him for ourselves. I, I, I don't care what other people have to say about God. Like, like you, you hear all these thoughts on who God is and what he's done. I, I don't care what they have to say about him because I know who he is. I, I don't care that you don't think he's kind or I don't care that you th think that he's not loving. I know who he is. I cannot rely on others' thoughts and opinions on who they say God is and allow that to shape my vision of who he is. We have to be a people that are seeking his face. We want, we want to be like the people, you know, like people can say, hey, what the gathering at Adele, what's that about? We want, we want people to say, ah, they're kind of weird but they're people that are seeking his face. I, they don't have kids every week. It's kind of dumb. But, but man, they, they seek his face. They, and y'all are probably going through all the things that y'all say about us or you would say about us, and that's good. But I want you to then end. But man, there are people that are seeking his face, that are passionately pursuing him. Early on, God had called his people up to the mountain. And the people were terrified. And the, so they, they elected one man, Moses. Say, hey, Moses, you go up there. You tell us what he has to say, and then we'll follow it. You see, God called all, but they chose one. And we've fallen right back into that same order. Where, where it's like God wants all of us to seek his face, but yet we would rather push that off onto a pastor, to the worship pastor, to somebody else, and say, you go to the mountain. You come back down here every Sunday, and you tell us what he has to say. And that's not how it's meant to be. We are supposed to all be a people that are seeking his face. It, the mountain is for all of us, not just me. Because even me will dis, even I will misinterpret the word of God. Even I can cause your vision of who God is to be off because I am only a man. But you are to seek his face. All we're trying to do is go back to the way that he wanted it. You can't let others do the seeking for you. You can't live on other people's manna. You can't be saved by someone else's faith. To seek means to set your mind and your heart. To focus our mind's attention and our heart's affection.
To seek Him means to focus our mind's attention and our heart's affection. We, it means to reprioritize and to reorient our lives. You know, there, there's like the list of priorities, right? And, and you all have it. You, you can all probably spout it off, right? What is it? Like, what's your list of priorities in life? Let's see. God, family, work, school, what, you know, like all of those things. Church comes in there somewhere. Like we have all this priority list, right? God's first, right? Family second, all of that stuff. And, and that can sound good. And you're like, man, okay, that's good. God's first, family second, church up there, work, school. Yep. But to seek his face means that, that, that one is God. And then there's nothing else. There, there's nothing else. Like, I love my family. But, but if I spend my time seeking them and their pleasure and their enjoyment, then I have robbed what was only meant for the Lord. I have taken my time that was meant for him and given it to them. And I know you can get off whack and be like, well, Jeff, but don't you have to spend time with your family? Yes. But when you spend time with the Lord, when you seek his face, you're going to become the husband, the wife, the, the father, the mother that you were created to be. When you neglect God and you try to be all of those things, you will fail miserably. To seek his face means I'm after you and you alone. Like, when you play hide and seek, it, it's not like, okay, someone's hiding and then I'm going to go seek you. It's not like you're seeking them and you're like, oh, hey, wait, I'm going to make a quick detour over here, do this and that. Oh, then do this. To seek means to set your mind's attention and your heart's affections on one thing. We think that seeking God just means, okay, I'll, I'll do that first thing in the morning. And then I neglect him the rest of the day. And then tomorrow morning, I'll do it again. That's not good enough. That never was. That was never the intention. To just have a, a five-minute, ten-minute, thirty-minute quiet time at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day. And I've checked that off. And that's it. To seek his face means that he is the only priority that we have in this life. And, and when I have to be at work then I will display and declare the glory of God because I've been seeking his face. When I walk into that meeting and, and, and everyone's not sure how it's going to happen, they have all the questions, they're, they're flustered, or, or their co-workers going through something, it's like, man, Lord, I, I'm here only to display and declare the glory of God in this moment. And I had to be here, but I wanted to be seeking you, but I had to be here, but it was for this moment. We must set our minds and our hearts on him and him alone. When you stand before him, he's not going to ask you about the t-ball team. He's not going to ask you about that promotion, the house, the car, the job, the trips. He, he, he's, not, he's not going to go, man, you almost had that job 30 years ago. That was close. I, I was really hoping you got that. He's not going to say, hey, man, great job with that t-ball team. He's going to say, did you seek me with your whole heart? He, he's gonna, he, you're going to stand before him and he, and he says, hey, he's going to say, did you feed my people? Did, did you clothe the naked? Did you set the captives free? And, and it, he, 
all the other stuff doesn't matter. That's so hard to say because it's right before us. It's the world we live in. But that's why Paul would say, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. Like, like, this is only a means for us to be able to display and declare the glory of God. We're only here for a short time. All of this is wasting away. And to spend our time on things that are wasting away, that's a shame. And I think when we talk about seeking, it's like, okay, this is a game. This is hide and seek. You know, one person hides, another person, person searches for them. All right, this is how it goes. But he's saying, seek my face. He's not hiding. He's made himself known to the world. It, it's not like he's like, okay, count to ten. All right, one, two, ten, here I come. Not that at all. God's not hiding, and he's like, okay, here we go. It's not an Easter egg hunt, and it's the prize egg, and it's hidden really good up in a tree that you can't reach unless you have a crane, right? That's not, how, that's not what seeking his face looks like. He has made himself known, and he has revealed himself to creation. He hasn't gone anywhere. We, we go off seeking all the things, and he never moves. He's saying, seek my face. We want to be a people that pursue him and his face, his presence, because it's, a, it's about a relationship. To seek someone's face means to be near to them. To be near to them means to be in relationship with them, and that's what we're after. We want a people that are seeking his face. He's revealed himself to us. But it's almost like we've taken him and we've placed him to the side. And he's there. And we know he's there. We can see him, hear him, sense him in those times of trouble. But life has just built up things around him. You, you know, he, he's over here, but, but then you got sports and you got hunting and you got hobbies and you got social media. You've got church and school and all of this stuff. And he's there. But, but to seek him means to say, hey, I'm going to get rid of this so that he can come back to be front and center. To seek him isn't so that you can find him because he's never moved and he's already revealed himself to you. To seek him means to get rid of everything else. You know, when you really go looking for something, you have to remove everything else so that you're able to find it. it it's not that the thing kept moving and hiding and making it more difficult. It's that all the stuff got in the way. To seek him means to set your mind's attention and your heart's affection on him and him alone. We do it one choice at a time. You're like, man, that seek his face? How do I do that? Because you want me to give you like four steps, seven steps. Hey, go and do this. And you've got it. And I'm telling you, it's one choice at a time. The further you get down the road, the longer it takes to get back to him. And, and, and that's for the first time or every time. The further you get down the road, the more difficult it is to come back to him. Because what you'll do is you'll say, uh, let, let, let me get married first. 
and then I'll raise a family, and then I'll come back to the Lord. Or, or let me just get this job. I, I got to work these hours, and I got to take care of this, and then I'll come back to Him. I know I got to work on Sundays. I know sports are on Sunday, but it's just for a short time, and then then I'll come back to Him. The further you get down the road, the long the longer and harder it is to get back to where you're supposed to be. Our kids, uh, the twins specifically, love public restrooms. Don't know why. Love public restrooms. Uh, it, it's like they go to the bathroom before we leave. And then, I mean, we could go four minutes. And it's like, all right, we're at the store. Hey, Dad, I got to go to the bathroom. I'm like, we, you just went. Like, what are you talking about? And I mean, I get it. Like, our house is pretty much a public restroom. There's a lot of us, so it's not really that much different. But, like, there's a lot of people using the bathrooms there. But, like, I don't know what it is about the twins. They enjoy the public restroom. Like, we came up here yesterday to get my truck. They, they went to the bathroom before we got, before we left. We get here. They have to go to the bathroom, but not too bad. Then I'm like, hey, I got to go to Home Depot. We go to Home Depot. They're like, hey, Dad, we got to go. I'm like, man, okay. So we all pile into the men's restroom. I got, you know, the twins and uh, Penny, and they're all like, all right, we're just standing in the stall, all in there. You know, and then, yeah, for like an hour, and, they're just, and Milo's like, hey, Dad, when we do this, I'm like, son, Focus, man. Just go to the bathroom. I just want to get out of here, you know, and they're touching everything, and it's like, will you stop touching? And they're like, okay. I'm like, what are you, why are you doing this? Do you do this in my bathroom? It's so frustrating. But the point of this is, you know, you know when the kids say, hey, Dad, I got to go to the bathroom, and you're driving, you're like, Okay. Hold it, we'll be there in a minute. Or, uh, this story. And, and then you, you get a little bit further, and it's a little bit more urgent. And, but now you're, you're too far away from, you're further away from the first one, so now it really is closer to just make it home. And it's like, hey, Dad, I really got to go. Dad, I really. The further you get down the road, the harder it is to get back to where you, were, where you needed to be. It's harder to turn around because you're like, oh, I'll just make it to the next stop. Seeking his face means I'm going to set my mind's attention and my heart's affection on him. When you see him face to face, it changes how you see him. You you can hear all the good stories about God. You can hear all the bad stories about God, but until you see him, you don't know him. When you see him face to face, it changes how you see him. You know that phrase, you know, maybe you've talked to somebody uh, four or five times, but it's only been through text or uh, Tinder, whatever y'all do. You know, like maybe it's just, I'm joking. (laughs) Uh, And you're like, oh man, I I finally met you. And it's like, hey, it's good to put a, what, have you heard the, the phrase? It's good to put what? A face to a name, right? Because you just, oh, okay. That's cool. You're not weird. We got it, you know. There's just something that when you see somebody face to face, it changes how you see them. Because you you put a picture in your mind of who God is by what everybody else has said about him. Whether it's your parents, your classmates, whether it's people in the world. But when you see him face to face, you go, okay, that's who you are. I know you now. I, I, I knew of you, but now I know you. Because like I said, you you can read this book. You can hear stories of 
what people say that God is for and, what's he, and what he is against. And you can be like, man, that's pretty harsh. Lord, you said be holy as you are holy. But if you don't know him, if you just know about him, you just know of him, then you don't know that he's full of love and of mercy. If you, if you just know about him or you know of him, then you won't know that it's his kindness that draws us to repentance. Not shame and condemnation. But, but, but you'll just hear people say things and you're like, oh man, the Lord did that for you, to get you to repent? He, 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 you, felt, you, you really think that the Lord caused you to get hit by another person in a car and for you to hit rock bottom so that you would come back to him? It says his kindness is what draws you to him. That's not very kind. But you hear that. And that makes sense that you can rationalize it. Well, of course, that happened. So then I'll come back to him and things are good. But when you see him face to face and you go, when, when people say, oh, man, yeah, the Lord, the Lord just had to let me hit rock bottom or the Lord just had to make this happen so that, so that I could come back to him. I get to lovingly look at their face and say, man, that's not the God that I know. I'm sorry that that's who you've been told about. But let me tell you about who my God is. When you see him face to face, it changes how you see him. There's no more confusion. You know, when when you're able to just talk it out right there, there's no more confusion. There's no more misinterpretations. When you see him face to face, you come into that relationship with him. And where there's a relationship, there's trust. Why do people have a hard time with some of the things that the Lord has said in here? Because they don't have a relationship and they don't trust Him, that He is good, that He is for them, that His goodness knows no bounds, that His love endures forever. You just hear those things and you're like, man, I don't know if I could follow that guy. And I'm like, I I don't think I could either, but here's who I follow. Here's Jesus. And He says, if you've seen me, then you've seen the Father. You're like, okay, I like that guy. Who are y'all talking about? This is the guy that I'm after. When you see him face to face, it changes the way that you see yourself. I know. Thank you for agreeing with me. It's good. It's right. When you see him face to face, it changes the way that you see yourself. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says that we are being transformed into his image. As if we're looking in a mirror face to face. So when we see him, we are transformed into the image of him. We were created in his image. Through sin, we begin to look a lot less like him. But then when we seek his face, we're being transformed back into the likeness of him. Back into the image of the creator. Which then goes... You know, sometimes you can feel really crappy about yourself. Life will just get you down. But when you stare at yourself in a mirror and when you seek his face, it's like looking at a mirror and you see the glory of God and you go, that's who I am? I, the, the enemy's been telling me I'm a worthless pile of something, and, and that, that I'm no good, that nobody likes me. But you're saying that, that, that that's me? So when I see him face to face, it changes the way that I see myself. Because if I don't look at that mirror 
and I want to seek attention from somewhere else, I'll get it. I'll get the attention that I desire. It'll be in an unhealthy way. You, you want to be affirmed that you're smart, you're kind, you're beautiful, and you go outside of that mirror, you will find it. And you will find a person that will say those things just to abuse you, to get you to do what you want, what he wants you to do. You want all those things, you will get them in an unhealthy manner because you're losing the picture of who you really are created to be. You think that you're worthless, so you go and try to find affection in an unhealthy manner. And you will find it. I promise you. That, that the world is full of people that would love to give you affection in an unhealthy way. They would love to give you love in an unhealthy way so that you continue to feel like that. But when you see him face to face and you look in that mirror and you see yourself, then all of a sudden you go, man, that's me? <laughs> you know? If you set your face to his face, then you won't desire to get what's not yours because your focus will be on him. Here's the promise. Why is this so important to us? To seek his face. We want to be a people that seeks his face. And the promise is, if you seek me, you will find me. James 4, 8 says, draw near to him and he will draw near to you. First Chronicles 28, 9. I'm only going to say five of them. They're, they're all throughout the, the word. First Chronicles 28, 9. If you seek him, he will be found by you. Luke eleven nine 9 says, ask, seek, knock, right? Well, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. He says, the one who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. The one who knocks, the door is open. If you seek him, you will find him. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will find him if you seek him. Proverbs 8, 17, those who seek me diligently, find me. It's not like you're, you're on the quest for the Holy Grail. And it's like, man, I don't even know if this thing exists. I don't even know if I can get there. It's if you seek him, you will find him. It's not a question. It's not a doubt. If you seek him, you will find him. He's not hiding, making you try harder. Oh, just read one more chapter of the word and then I'll show myself to you. Just pray three days in a row and I will reveal myself to you. You see, it's not about a formula. It's not about a set list of rules and a, a daily do all these things, weekly do these things, monthly do this. It's seeking him above everything else. It's, a, it's about seeking him as if he's the only thing that matters. It's about setting our mind's attention and our heart's affections on the only one who is worthy of it all. Every waking moment of our lives should be defined by that we are a people that are seeking him. Religion had put a veil between man and God. What is the veil between you and the Lord right now? It might be religion. It might be you, you're not seeking him because of the flesh. You're, you're too busy satisfying you. We're too busy satisfying the desires of our flesh. It's like, oh, now, man, you know, you talk to people, it's like, oh, I'm really not seeking him right now. Like, just kind of in a, in a dry season. And it's like, okay, so tell me, like, what does that look like for you? Oh, well, you know, we got this, 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 and yeah, I've been struggling with this. It's like, yeah, you don't desire him because you've been satisfied by the world. Why do you not seek his face? Because your flesh is satisfied by the things of the world. 
Is it distractions? It, what, what are you play, what That veil that's between you and God, only you have put it there. He has not put it there. The veil was torn. Jesus tore the veil that created separation between man and God. The veil that is there now is because of us. Are you distracted? Are you too busy? Is there something you need to say no to? Is there someone that you need to say no to? Something that you need to set down and go, hey, man, I want to do this, but it's just not my season right now. Is it time? Do you not seek him because you don't have enough time? There's plenty of time. I'll just cancel that myth right now. (laughs) You, You make time for what you want to make time for. It's like, man, I am so busy right now. Uh, I was able to play a couple of games of Madden last night, though. Beat a couple of kids online, you know. Had time for that. I, oh, I'm so busy right now. Eh, I found time to, to do what I wanted to do. You have time. I have time. Maybe I don't want to spend it at that moment for that. That goes to the other things that we've talked about. I don't desire that because my flesh is already satisfied. I've satisfied my flesh and I've starved my spirit, man. Circumstances will cause you to put a veil between you and God. Things happen in this life and it's like, man, a wrong view of him. To change the wrong view of him, all it is is to seek his face. Come to him face to face. And it changes everything. It changes everything about him and it changes everything about you. Will you commit this week to set your mind's attention and your heart's affection on him and him alone? I'm going to this week. It's a conscious effort. I'm not just going to say that before you and then just expect my schedule to just be like, I got nothing nothing this week. What happened there? Lord, you are so good. No, what's going to happen is I'm going to say that before you right now. And I'm fully aware of what's going to happen this week. Everything. Everything's going to want to happen this week. And it's going to take a conscious effort on my part to say no. And it's one choice at a time. The further you get down the road, the harder it is to turn around. Father, we just come before you today with no other agenda except to be found by you. Lord, your word says, seek you and we will find you. So, Father, I just pray for for myself, for my brothers and sisters in this room. Father, that we would be a people that seek you. Father, that, that no matter what they say about us, It will always end with, but man, they really seek after the Lord there. Father, no matter what anybody says about us in this room, may it always end with, man, I don't know, but I know he seeks the Lord. I I know she seeks the Lord. Father, may we be a people that seek you, and may we be a people that find you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Grab a baby bottle and boomerang it back next week uh, so you don't have one from a year old. Love you guys.